the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Wednesday the 30th. You're tuned in to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewarner. Alongside me, Marsha Kabalik. Marsha, good morning. Good morning, Jordan. I think this uh, weather's going to take a turn. It's going to get colder. You think? That's awful. Mm, I'm not here for it. It's good sleeping weather, so I'm wondering. It looks like it'd be a good nap day. On Wednesday, you usually go out and watch the the Rams practice. Mm -hmm. Do they practice in the rain? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep, they do, especially when you're in this deep into the playoffs. But what if they have to have the rain gear on? What if they fall? What if someone gets hurt? Well, I mean, they're not going to be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine that they're, you know, going full speed. Full speed. I mean, every time I've out th- been out there, and this is how kind of football is in general. It seems anymore. Uh, people want as little contact as possible for mm-hmm. that reason. So people don't right. get hurt and things. And uh, I've never even seen them practice with like full pads on, just shoulder pads and a helmet and shorts. They'll be carrying umbrellas or wearing <laughs> ponchos today. Hey, so I have uh, some breaking news. There is a jackknife tractor trailer Ooh. across the road. I-81 northbound, uh, the the accident is around the 12-mile marker, so that's near that exit. Um, the lanes are blocked, so the traffic's starting oh, to get backed up. Yeah. There is a picture from uh, Nathan Ambrose. I asked him for permission for it because it was just great perspective. Um, and it's up on our WEPM, WCST uh, Facebook page, along with the, the deets about that traffic backup. Oof. So, um, you know, just plan alternate routes. Yikes. As as we say, um, I mean also, it stopped from our exit here on King Street all the way to the south. Berkeley. Yeah, so both of the the lanes are blocked. So unless people knew to bail at Tabler Station or they knew to bail in Inwood, they're stuck. So Mm-mm-mm. as Steve Allen, who does our monthly "What Could Possibly Go Wrong" ah, segment, says, yeah. you know this time of year, make sure that you prep to be sitting in traffic for a while. You have your comfort snacks, stuff for the kiddos or the dogs, and. Um, something to entertain yourself. Hmm. Like, you know, listening to local radio. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> and you can download the uh, WPM app for free as well. That's right. So um, I, w- I wanted to uh, cover just a bit, bit of local news before we get to our first guest. So we'll do that. You know, we'll talk to him after the break. But <clears throat> remember yesterday I said we'd been got, we'd been getting an, uh, an update from the prosecuting attorney's office in Berkeley County about these allegations against a Berkeley Heights elementary teacher's aide. Uh, we got the the uh, paperwork for that, the charging documents. I worked up a story. You may have been hearing it on the news product this morning. Um, but uh, that story is over at panhandlenewsnetwork.com. You can also see it on wvmetronews.com. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, definitely a lot of traffic 
uh, backed up. We're just going to be checking that the whole... And uh, it's, it's, it's bad because it's also rainy and it's cold. And it's and rain in the mornings. People are going to be late, definitely late to work people now. People have things to do. Yeah. If you're stuck in the middle there, there's nowhere oh to get off. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's all the way... It's literally all the way to the Tabler Station exit. Wow. Backed up. So Yikes. if you're if you're listening to us and you're getting ready to head out on North Do Down, not get on 81. Right. And everything else seems to be uh, moving along for the most part now, but yeah, definitely not on 81. Definitely not on 81. For but sure. we'll, uh, any, th- any other news? We'll get to this first break. Yeah, let's just get to the first break. Okay. So we'll step aside for a few minutes and we'll come back with more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonandJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, we have a uh, familiar voice to listeners <laughs> joining us in studio. Yeah, kind of familiar and also familiar adjacent, I guess, because... Uh, if you if you heard our uh, news product over the weekend, uh, you heard our next guest, but uh, you've also heard a close relative of his on our airwaves for a number of years. And uh, Clint Gage joins us now. He's president of Growth Media uh, Productions. He's a series producer, film director, writer, editor, producer, camera director or camera operator, and a telly winner for culinary concerts. He's also lending his talents to us here in the news department. You may recognize the name because we also have his dad helping us out, Al yep. Gage. So welcome in, Clint Gage. Good morning. Yeah, <laughs> I, I sound I, I'm I sound like a younger version of my dad. Yeah. You do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think people would Which is a is a compliment. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, Which is a compliment. I, I, I take it well. <laughs> well <good. laughs> he's got a great delivery for sure. And uh it's kind of funny because uh he's been helping us out for years. He's a huge um help big member of our team, does a lot of the uh, covering of meetings and all of that. And, um, you know, the overnight news uh, shift is brutal. Yeah. And um, so he felt it was time to pass the baton. And and uh, in an ill-advised moment, perhaps, you yep. kind of suggested yourself. I, well, I, it was a half joke. <laughs> and then now I'm here. So joke's well, on me. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled. I, I, I thought it was going to be a, a lot of fun. And there's, you know, there's certain poetry in replacing your dad. I mean, he's been doing... He's been in radio for 53 years. He's so, been all over the place. Yeah. So there's there's a a kind of cool uh poetic aspect sure. to uh picking up the torch where he's leaving it off. And he's not going anywhere. No, he's no, still no, going to yes. be helping he's, us out. He's just not doing that really awful overnight grind. <laughs> yeah, he he he's doing well. It's just uh it, the job was getting a little little more than he could handle. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But he uh, trained you well, obviously, because uh, the the last week, and I wasn't here, so I wasn't like hovering over anyone. It just went seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because my first job in radio was in 1989, and it was working for my dad. And then, uh, you know, we went our separate ways. He went off to another radio station, and I went in a different uh, path. But uh, yeah, he got me my start, and then you know everything I've learned from there has gone through the filter of what what my dad taught me. You know, you and I were, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, just tell us a little bit about your background. Say, uh, you obviously a lot of TV background and radio for that matter. Yeah. I worked in, I worked in radio from 89 to 2002. And then in 2002 kind of transitioned over into, uh, uh, television commercial production. And then that led to wanting to be more active in, um, independent film. And then that led into doing more television production. So right now I'm working with, uh, 
uh, PBS, we have a show called Culinary Concerts, which is on nationally and it's on the PBS app. Uh, and then we also produce a couple of shows for West Virginia PBS that are just for West nice. Virginia. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been all over the place. So and it's been fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm kind of a jack of all trades. I'm not an expert in any one thing. Right. But I, I know and understand all the jobs. Well, they say so, that's the way to be. Yeah. Well, it makes it a lot easier. It also makes it easier to manage people when you know what their job is, even if you are mm-hmm. getting someone who does it better. You at least know how they're doing it and why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, yeah, I'm, I've been doing, uh, I've been in television since 2002. So, yeah. Very uh, cool. Well, tell us about culinary concerts. Well, culinary concerts, it, it's the idea, the short pitch is imagine uh, visiting West Virginia's uh, back porch. So, the whole idea of the show is good food, good music, and good uh, company. Well, and, no wonder you wanted to start that one up. It sounds yeah, like a nice place to be. Oh, it's a it's a lot of fun. It's a great show. Uh, Marion Olinger is our host. He's uh, a chef out of Morgantown, and what we do is we take seasonal um, uh, products, and he makes something off the fly. There's no recipe. There's no there's high wire uh, <laughs> uh, act a bit, but he kind of whips something together. We have a band that plays, and then at the end of the show, they break bread together with uh, uh, Marion and the band, and they sit and they talk about how food and music relates and how it kind of brings us all together. Huh. And you won some awards for that? Uh, yeah. Uh, Culinary Concerts has won two telly awards. Two that's, telly awards. That's so pretty cool. Uh, and it's it, it, Now we it's get to really stuff well. you in a uh, news studio overnight and mm-hmm. um, get you to work for us now. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of fun. Um, these are... Uh, it's a skill set. Uh, doing the news is a skill set I haven't used in a while. So it's fun to uh, kind of reacquire those skills mm-hmm. or rehone them. You must have muscle memory, though, because you yes. came out of the box looking, you know, sounding pretty good. Um, so I wanted to ask you, because you and I were talking about this. You said, you know, when you were a little kid, you were hanging around the radio station because that's that was kind of your babysitter. And your dad would give you records. To, to play right. with, play with, but you know, keep you occupied. Yeah, when I was like 10, 11 years old, we, I would go into the you know at a radio station. You've got the live studio, and then you've got the production studio. And you when do? he was live, yes, mine is over there. Mine is the production. When, when he was live, like he would <laughs> he would give me the records that uh, he was done with that weren't going to air during the rest of his show. So they would they would get records mm-hmm. and they would like stack them up and, mm-hmm. and play mm-hmm. because this I I this sounds just mind-blowing to some people especially, you know, how records have advanced reel to reel and all that. Right. But they would they would stack up the records that they were going to play for that shift, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and then, they would just play them one in uh, the, you'd have a two uh, record setup. So while one record's playing, the other record's getting set up and ready to go. <laughs> um so yeah, my first my first foray into radio was pretending I was on the air in the production studio when I was a little kid uh, with the records. And and I I wanted it to be a tight uh, shift. Oh, I, I was very hard on myself. I yeah, <laughs> I would critique my work. Um, and then, um, you know, a couple of years later, he was at a radio station, needed some extra help, needed some extra bodies. And I didn't have anything else to do. So. My first job in radio was playing records. And how old were you? Uh, I was 16. I was able to drive. And, so. and you also said it. I don't know if this counts as competition for us or not, but like when you were very small, you had a radio station. 
Oh, yeah, I had a pirate radio station in my, <laughs> in my bedroom. I had a pirate radio station. What kind of music? What kind uh, of music were you playing? Whatever we had mm-hmm. on cassette. Um, I mean, it would be a cassette. Or, I, I, I had a record player, but I didn't have a two set up in my bedroom, so I'd have to go between cassette mm. and, uh, and the record. Uh, it was not very good. But yeah, our, our our pirate radio station, you could hear us like 50 feet away. I had a neighbor right. two houses down who could listen to us live. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, Very so, neat. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then uh, and then moving into television, it wasn't much different because my first job in television and film was editing with a razor blade and mm-hmm. the, old, the old splice the machine. Old spli- yeah, did it's you like, have to learn to do that I in did. broadcasting school? I did. We had to learn all of it, tubes and up. Yeah, well, I'm one of the gener- I'm one of the, I'm the last of the generation that can say I know why the uh, edit button is a. Uh, it's a, awesome. Yeah, is yeah. An, is a uh, razor blade. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's the nice thing about nowadays. You can just hop on Adobe <laughs> and um, you can cut it all up real quick. Just a few clicks of a button, and yeah. you're good to go. Instead of having to splice and get the masking oh. tape. And I'm tape so glad it and- no one ever asked me to do that. You would find me in our production studio, just wrapped like Christmas lights <laughs> and all the tape. And uh, it's not too crying. bad once you do it a few times, but um, well, and it's daunting. Yeah, I mean, because if you mess up, you messed up. Well, and splicing and being able to uh, easily uh, mesh them together. So that one is slowly fading while the other one's slowly coming up is so much easier in Adobe. Oh, yeah. oh sure. Oh yeah. But yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun growing up. So we had a, a program director here, Jay Young. Some folks may re- recognize that name, and I'm told that during uh, halftime shows, like when when it was high school football mm-hmm. time, he would splice up that the the highlights off the reel to reel and have them ready to go before the highlight show. Yeah, oh, you got to you yeah. move fast. Yeah. yeah, situation. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, where can people can people go anywhere to watch? Uh, you know, culinary concerts. Culinary right concerts is on the PBS app, so it's available nationwide on the PBS app. Just culinary concerts. Very cool. And well, get used to the voice because you'll be hearing Clint on uh, our news product. Uh, for, well, in the coming future, on so, all the stations, yeah, on everywhere. Yeah. So thanks for coming in bright and early. No problem. Man, I did one thing I did forget about radio. It's early mornings. It's early. I I am not used to that yet, but yep. I'll get there. It starts early. Starts early. And I hope it we're never not making ends. him like regret regret his decision. No, no, no I wouldn't think so either. Well, Clint, thank you for stopping in this Thanks morning and hanging me. out. We'll step aside for a few minutes and come back with more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live. With hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firm. So, West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, it seems like the traffic on 81 has finally cleared up. That's great. Like, that like it quick. never happened. That was quick. <laughs> but I, you know, I was looking at the, I was trying to squint because I was looking on my phone because I can't see anything. You know, unless I make it really big and then it gets fuzzy. <laughs> but um, that intersection at exit 12 still boogered up. But I think that's just on the daily, that light there. There's just a delay trying to get. Which one's it, exit 12? It was, it was right. Exit 12. Uh, oh, is that the? Commons and. Yeah. The Inwood one? Yeah. No. Uh, Martinsburg. It's where Lowe's and Chick-fil-A and that are. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was still. When I looked, it was still showing red. But I think that's just daily. Yeah, it's just normal. Yeah. Normal. That being the worst. 
worst intersection in the world. It it really I wish they could just take that and and spend like three days or however long it takes. I mean it's and just it's literally the it. worst ever. <laughs> that stretch, especially if you're trying to come from like the commons and across under eighty one. Mm-hmm. Um and if you're trying to get to like eleven or Winchester Avenue or anything like that, that stretch of the light before you get to eighty one then getting under 81, you're stopped there because people are trying to figure out what lane to get in to get mm-hmm. off, back onto 81. Right, and Then it's you got confusing. the stoplight, then you got the train tracks, and then another stoplight. Right, and then if you go down to where Gabe's is, that intersection Oh, where, and that's all crazy um, right it, now. You, you're trying to make a left turn, and you can't because the traffic's already stacked up waiting because of the whole I-81 thing. And that's just like us observing. You know, There's not a lot that it's people awful. can do about it right now, but it's just a symptom of the fact that we have outgrown... And, um, you know, we, we need better infrastructure at that particular It's like, And the worst part is, it's like, when can they fix it? Because it's always busy. Right. What do they do from like midnight to 6 a.m.? I think this like is that? our window. I think right now is the window because you know why? Chick-fil-A is not open. That's true. Because, you know, think of all the traffic that that draws. This is when you need to strike. State Road and engineers. <laughs> I still can't believe there's not a they, second one. They're not one. listening to me, but... <laughs> Whatever. You never know. I still can't believe there's not a uh, second Chick Fil A around here. I mean, I know that there's the one in Charlestown, but that doesn't count. I mean, that's a, it's like, ac- that's actually a if if I have a request from home, like one of my daughters is home and they're working on exams or whatever, and and they need some Chick Fil A, I will dart home through Ranson well, if makes, I can't get through the the Foxcroft. One. Yeah, I mean that makes sense for you because you don't live necessarily right. too far away from that right. Chick Fil A. But, but I mean, and, and that's, that's all the way. That's way down there. Right. That's yeah. A, it would that's be. A, they might as well just drive to, but if you're out, like you're close to the interstate, might as well just drive to Hagerstown at that point. Ooh. That's almost the same drive. Um, No, that feels longer. You think? Yeah. Is it because you're crossing state lines? Yeah. I don't want to cross the river and cross over it to another bring your state. bring Chick-fil-A across state lines. Oh my god! I can't gosh. believe that's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> well, and for that matter, I'm surprised Hagerstown doesn't have two Chick-fil-A's because that Chick-fil-A gets crazy too. Okay. What food would you cross state lines and, and go 40 minutes, 40 minutes out of your way to get. Well, first of all, it's not 40 minutes. Well, but no, like if, if I was coming from home, it would be. Oh, okay. If I was like, well, well that's I what I'm saying. Get... If you're out here, like on the, right, on the it's interstate. 25. Yeah. But like what food is good enough that you'd be like, you know what? Mm, I mean, chick fil is definitely it. there. Okay. Um, uh, hibachi. That was oh, pretty okay. good. Oh, yeah. I had Nikos I from my, buddy, my little buddy Noah's birthday yesterday. I cannot believe that he got Japanese food for his... Yeah, you and me like, both. level up. What are you guys going to do when he's 16? No idea. He'll, he'll, he'll do something himself, sure. I guess. Yeah. But, but, I mean, I'm oh, sure I he deserves it. I felt so bad for him. I probably shouldn't bring... My, if my sister's listening, she's going to be mad so that crap. I said this. But... um of course, he has his uh, birthday party, right? So he gave a bunch of invitations out to all of his buddies in school, and they all said they couldn't show up. Were, was it at the hibachi place? or No, it was oh, okay. for this weekend. Maybe they were like, well, if it's not the hibachi, maybe I know, it was like, know. man, if I wasn't going to be in uh, in Pennsylvania, <laughs> uh, I know, it felt so bad. It is his birthday, and all of his buddies said they couldn't go. Uh, sorry. Uh, poor guy. Maybe we'll have to do something for him on, at the station. Yep. Or, we'll have to have him over. Or, or just take him to that uh, place downtown where you mentioned you can play video games. <laughs> yeah, right? you can do that. And then, then, then his friends would be like, oh, I'm He'll really get me for a paycheck on that one. He already gets me for like $90, it seems, every time I get him. He's got to go to Habaneros, then he's got to go to the Flurries, then we got to go across the street mm-hmm. to the Penny Market. It's the tour. Penny the Market get, you know, some <laughs> chips and a drink, and then we got to stop at the comic book place on the way back. And, mm. uh, 
Yeah, but you're making memories. Yeah, you're right. And speaking of memories, we have a a great group of local historians that we can call on at any time. And uh, thankfully, we have local historian and author Steve French, who's going to give us some local history. Welcome in. uh, Hi, Marcia and Jordan. Uh, um, Well, this won't be local history, really, because uh, I planned the, uh, the talk to go along with Thanksgiving. Of course, Jordan wasn't there that day. So we had to reschedule. Oh, I was here. So. Trust me, I was here. <laughs> he but just the, wasn't feeling nobody it. Nobody <laughs> wanted to have a conversation with me those days. Trust me. So, so maybe uh, uh, maybe you should do what she was talking about going to Pennsylvania. You could do a travel guide on Pennsylvania in a few years. There you go. I I'm totally down for that. I'm I've been exploring so many fun things in Pennsylvania, and I know he gets a whole different perspective when he goes and and looks at all the different stadiums of that. So, oh yeah, yeah. So tell us about the mysterious life of Squanto. Okay, uh, of course uh, everyone knows the story about Squanto that you hear in elementary school that uh, the Indian Samoset shows up uh, at the Pilgrim uh, camp or uh, a town that they've established in. Uh, uh, he, they, he shows up in March 18 or uh, 16, uh, 21, and um, he can say uh, three words of English, welcome Englishman, and then beer. <laughs> and he's been sent there by an uh, Indian chief who lives uh, miles away named Masoit uh, with an arrow uh, and an arrow without its head to see whether the pilgrims want peace or war. And of course, the pilgrims, they've lost, uh, out of the 100 people that landed back in de- December, they've lost 50 people. So, uh, uh, you know, they, uh, they welcome me in, in. And a few weeks later, uh, he shows up with Squanto, who uh, uh, his real name was Tisquantum. He was born in about uh, uh, 1580. So he's 40 years old. Most. Uh, stories about him portraying him as a young man, but he is the only person within 500 miles that can speak the king's English. And Now, how did he learn that, if it's, this is really only the right. you know, only interaction he had? Right. Well, he had a lot of interaction, and just a second, we'll get into it, but William Bradford, the governor of the colony, will describe him as an instrument of God, going back to the Pilgrim's writing of what happened there. Okay, um, it's possible, like the the historian Samuel Elliott Morrison thinks that Squanto had been uh, on sea trips to England. You you had fishermen off the New England coast. You had uh, uh, traders, people trying to start colonies, whether they be French, uh, English, or Dutch. And he believes that he possibly had made two voyages around 1605 and 1615, and he, that he'd helped Captain John Smith. But we're not sure on that. But what happens in 1615, uh, he is uh, kidnapped uh, by a uh, uh, captain named Thomas Hunt, who has been there fishing and trying to do some trading. So it's not going very well, and he decides that he will kidnap some Indians of the Nantucket tribe, about 20 of them, and take them back to Spain and sell them. So uh, Squanto's one of these, this number. How old was he? Um, let's see, that would be, he would be about 34, 35 then. 
and when it, when he's when he's captured, but it's, he's probably had interaction with English speaking people before. So he's taken to Spain before he can be sold. He uh, a group of uh, Catholic friars rescue him. Uh, they take take him away from the uh, uh, sea captain, and he makes his way. Some people say he was a carpenter for a while in Spain, a ship's carpenter, but he eventually makes his way back to England. And while there, he meets this man named John Slaney, who, and he will live with him for two years. So that's where he's going to pick up most of his English, and he's going to be very fluent in it. Slaney is in, involved in uh, expeditions to Newfoundland. And um, after a few years, Squanto will go on one of those, make the trip over. And, and these sea captains, once they got to the coastline of uh, New England and Newfoundland would use Indians as their guide to show show them where the best harbors were because the Indians were always out uh, along the coast, were always out fishing, and they knew the seacoast very well. And um, on this trip, he met this man named Thomas Derner, who was also a sea captain. And Squanto is really ready to get back to his uh, home on uh, at Cape Cod, where the Nantucket's live. Mm-hmm. So he will make a uh, uh, deal more or less with Dermer when he goes back the next year. I think it would be about sixteen eighteen that he will take him with him, and he does. And um, he'll uh, Dermer will get killed uh, after. Uh, Squanto leads him in a fight against some other natives. But when Squanto gets back to his home, everyone's gone. Most oh, of, no. Most of them are dead. How how long had he, be, had he been away, just to reset? About four years. Okay. Wow. And everyone's gone from... They're, they're gone. It's, and that's where the pilgrims eventually will settle, on the, on the site of that Nantucket built, uh, village. The, there was a... Uh, outbreak of some kind of fever or smallpox that just decimated the Indians along that coastline. 90% of them are uh, said to to have died in three years. So what did an interaction, I'm looking through uh, the Wikipedia page here for uh, Squanto, what would the interaction look like between, you know, a Native American and a pilgrim if, you know, a Native American just kind of walked into the settlement? I mean, well, obviously they couldn't. They probably couldn't speak each other's language. Well, with Samoset coming in, they can they can realize what his uh, uh, offer means. He has the the uh, arrow in one hand with the tip on it, and the arrow in the other. And uh, you know, both uh, uh, both the Indians and uh, the English, not not basically these pilgrims here, but. Uh, most of the English and had they've been trading there for years, so uh, the Native Americans they they wanted to trade, mm-hmm. and they also this Masoit had problems with another uh, uh, tribe that lives farther to the south called the Narragansett, and he wanted to try to pull pull the Pilgrims in to help him maybe if he had trouble with them, mm. but. Uh, as, you know, as the story goes, then uh, 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 Masoit, who uh, uh, Squanto ha- and uh, had been living in that tribe, 
with that tribe. Of course, he wasn't wasn't really part of it. Uh, Masoit will tell uh, Squanto to stay there and help these people survive, and that's where you had the story. He shows them how to uh, fit, where to fish. He shows them um, how to plant their crops, how to fertilize the soil with fish, and um, then that leads later on <clears throat> to the first Thanksgiving. So. Help us put this in perspective, because I, I know people are listening to this and probably outraged at, at some of the things that they're hearing. Did Is there any indication of what his perspective was? Was he just resigned to, okay, this is my life, and in order to kind of uh, get along, I'm going to have to go along and um, make this work with, with these well, settlers? He wanted, he, he wanted to use this to his advantage. And... Uh, as the story goes on, which you don't get in the textbooks because it usually stops with Thanksgiving, as the story goes on, he plays the group of Masoit's group off against the pilgrims because he can talk to them. He knows what's going on, and, of course, the Indians get suspicious of this. What is he talking about? And uh, it causes a lot of trouble. Masoit uh, really doesn't uh, uh, trust him after a while. And um, it, uh, it, even one time, he demands um, uh, uh, he demands that uh, William Bradford turn Squanto over to him so he can execute him. Mm. William Bradford, the the governor. He's the governor of of uh, Plymouth. Now, most of the writing about uh, Squanto comes from William Bradford. He's well educated and. Uh, of course, in his history of the colony, uh, the history of the Plymouth Plantation, I think it's called, he uh, relates his story hmm. and all the uh, ins and outs of it. Because uh, uh, Masoit really couldn't trust Guanto as, <laughs> as the story goes on. And it only lasts uh, uh, about a year and a half. And Squanto will... Uh, uh, go on an expedition along the coast with William Bradford and to map out places. And uh, by that time, they're trading furs with the Indians and uh, helping to support the colony. But he goes on this trip with uh, Bradford, and during that trip, he's going to get a fever and uh, die. Mm. Uh, but yeah, You didn't want to get a fever back in the day. No, no. But some people said... Uh, uh, Related that he might have been poisoned by the other Indians because uh, uh, they just didn't trust him. <laughs> so I mean, when you when you uh, pitched this to me, you called it the mysterious life of Squanto, but it sounds like it was the mysterious death also. Well, everything about him. You know, how's this guy show up? He is the only person within 500 miles that can really help this group of people who have already lost half their number. Right. There's only 50 of them there, and they believed. Uh, they believe first, uh, you know, they're very religious, and they believe first that the uh, 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 God had cleared that area for them. If you go back into the old English writings, uh, that God had sent this plague upon the uh, the uh, inhabitants along the coastline, and that had cleared the way for them to get there. And then suddenly this guy shows up out of nowhere, and... Uh, he can carry on a conversation with them and very intelligent and uh, 
it's it's just some, uh, something amazing. And of course, you get into the uh, uh, things that he's he's telling the Indians one thing, he's telling the Pilgrims another, and then it, his uh, death later on is pretty uh, a lot of mystery there. Well, again, we're speaking with local author and historian Steve French, and unfortunately, got to let you go. But let people know where they can go to find out more about you. Maybe if you've got books coming out, or you're going to be speaking somewhere. Let people know where they can find that. Hey, speaking's about over for this this year. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what we're working on now up in Berkeley Springs, um, with uh, Susan Webster and uh, Liz Skinner. We're working on uh, there's a Union general that's buried up there and that's it's kind of a mystery why he's there too and he's not not that well known and uh, uh they've been working there as a town council trying to re- rehabilitate his stone and and get a marker so hmm. we'll talk about that maybe the next time yeah sure absolutely you're always welcome on panhandle live steve okay good luck this weekend yes thank you absolutely okay. take care see you ma'am bye Again, speaking with Steve French, local author and historian. Of course, he's talking about Shepard Rams taking on IUP in the Super Region 1 final coming up uh, on Saturday. But interesting stuff there, Marsha. You know, Never I heard just, that, uh, that kind of a story come from uh, the Thanksgiving, first Thanksgiving. It just takes me back to elementary school. And I'm sure you had a similar experience where, you know, we're learning. It's, you know, the first Thanksgiving, we're all wearing our little either pilgrim hats or mm. Indian headbands. And, you know, it's all... Uh, very pleasant history, right? You know, oh, look how they work together but to have a meal together. It wasn't really like that. <laughs> wasn't really like that. When you think about the perspective that this guy was taken from his home, sold, sold into slavery, taken to a completely different country because of his unique skill set, right? Yeah. And then when he came home, no one was there. No one had survived. Think about that personal loss. I know. And then and then people and then people got mad at him for kind of, you know, surviving and working some things out to his advantage. That's just I mean, I'm just learning about this. So maybe my opinion is a little preemptive, but still, yeah, they didn't that, you know, Mrs. Catron's class didn't cover this. (laughs) And this will make the hunters in the area uh, a little jealous. And just the three days that was the first Thanksgiving feast. Uh, with which certainly doesn't look like they do nowadays. They killed five deer in those three days. Okay, that's a lot. It's a lot. They in three probably days. were doing that with a well, maybe with a like bow, a, maybe they, well, had, they had a gun, but um, not a gun than bows like people got today. Can you imagine the deer? They're like, what the heck? <laughs> probably everywhere. <laughs> probably just everywhere. You think deer problems bad around here nowadays? Imagine what is that noise? <laughs> and, uh, just the herds of deer running, running rampant around town. But, yeah, it's always interesting to talk to Steve. So if you missed any, for any of that, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. But we got to step aside for our last break. We'll be back with more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm, so West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit the historic, their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. 
feel like my eardrum. <laughs> I didn't see your eardrum. <laughs> hey, it's a good song. Good band. Joy Division. That was a uh, a young Jordan stumbling around a uh, record store find, band find. Thought should, the album cover looked cool. I should find you the link. Someone that I know who's in her 20s posted this. It was um, uh, like with her first name. Palooza, so it would be like Jordan Palooza. Oh, yeah. And it just, from your Spotify stuff, and it showed just these random bands and so, so many different genres. Oh. Yours would be crazy. I've been meaning to do that. Here, I'll try and find that. Is, yeah, I love this like time of year. Is sort of generator? Yeah, it does. Well, Spotify does a lot of that towards the end of the year. Like, they'll do your Jordan year Palooza. wrapped and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So, it'll show you what your number one listened song was, artist, genres. It'll break it, breaks it down. Spotify is going to be like, what? What's wrong with you? <laughs> why why can't we nail you down to some sort, know, sort I'm of all over. you know tag in our algorithm? It's fun though. That's why music's so much fun to mm-hmm. be able to like find nowadays. I mean, it was fun kind of going through all the hoops and things you had to back in the day, but I mean, you just have it all right there at your fingertips, you right. know. And then and then you get suggested Let's new see. artists. I I like when I'm on a car, and I ma- I made you do this when we were driving uh somewhere with um uh, D and uh, and Parker. I'm like, hey, hook your your uh, hook your phone up to the aux cord. Let me hear what you're listening to because it's it's music I wouldn't always hear, you know. Hmm. So my um my middle child, we listen to uh, a lot of uh, Jordan Nice Winter Fest. Is that what they're calling it? Yeah. So the headliners. Because <laughs> your are, name's too long, right? Yeah, I know. So what what do you have? The headliners are are the Garden, great band, uh, punk band, Kendrick Lamar, and West Side Gun. Good hip hop artist. There's a lot like, of hip hop. I've listened to a lot of hip hop in this last year. And then it has the related acts. Are those so related got, to the are they to in the same genre or oh, it's no. just random? Oh no. So Freddie Gibbs, Tribe Called Quest, uh Pearl Jam finds its way in there. Bass drum of death. Um let's see. Wu Tang, Canned Heat. <laughs> Some of these we can't say on the air. There's Drake. Uh yeah, ASAP Rocky. I mean, we got we got a, a good mixture here. That's about right. I love that the, they have a basic score. Oh, this oh here. Wait, all time is what we really want. You're gonna blow up their algorithm. And that's what we really want. Yeah, these are all about right. They don't I would have mariachi be mariachi in there. Then I I, I don't would be trust in this. The... I would be it. I would be at this show, at this <laughs> festival. I'd show up to that. Of course you would. It's curated based on your your um, musical taste. That's pretty cool though. Mine would be so lame. Do you have a Spotify? No. No. Uh, I love that it has a ba- it has a basic score of one, zero to one hundred. So, uh-huh. the higher the number, the more basic your festival would be. Oh, really? Yeah. So what I'm are at, you? I'm at a fifty-seven. It actually went down. Once you need to work on that. I've, I'm sure you can you can fix that. Well, you know, like Kiefer and the stuff. OCs and stolen drums, that kind of keep that keeps it. Those are niche niche enough that keeps it. Well, some of the stuff you're looking for, you're looking for for work, so that probably changes what it thinks that you eh, like. Mm, not necessarily. No? Okay, I listen. I'm pretty much played same stuff. I just I just got always got to try and remember where the uh, bad words are, right? Or if there are bad words in it. Well, I've been enjoying. Sometimes I get um, snuck. I get get. Uh, Caught by one Well, because you don't know what version they're playing. So I've been mm-hmm. listening to today's 97.5. And then I also have been listening to Holiday Traditions because I just love that sound. That just sounds like the you know soundtrack of my Christmas when I was little. I love this stuff. This is what I've been listening to. This pops up on my Spotify. And what is this? Uh, a Italian name that I cannot pronounce. Okay. Yeah, from back in the day. So there you That's go. why your Jordan Nice Warner Fest is just <laughs> <It's> random. <crazy. laughs> 
Well, that does it for us for today on Payday to Live. If you've been staying in the show, you can listen back to it a little bit later on over on our Payday to Live Facebook and Spotify page. For Marsha, I am Jordan. Hoppy is next, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.